Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Staff. I'm Donnie the Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Lose uh, against the Golden State Warriors in a game that... Um, how do I say this? It's a really nasty game to watch. Not not because the Raptors lose by a score of 129 and 117. Um, you know, that, that happens plenty of times this season. It's just nasty in the sense that, like, there's no flow, no organization to it. It was just kind of like a real mismatch of guys running up and down the floor and the Raptors never playing transition defense at all. Like, it, it was... And, of course, offensively, the Raptors really, really struggled um, playing through their main guy, Pascal Siakam, who I thought this was, you know... Um, I mean, he's had down games, but this game, I thought he even lost his composure in a lot of the performances here, not just because of the fact that he shot 8 of 26 from the field, but the fact that he shot 26 shots in a game where the Raptors were actually decently efficient playing elsewhere. Like, Scotty was 9 of 15. I thought he probably could have touched the ball a lot more. Fred was 11 of 20. I mean, he got a ton of the ball. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you know, clearly he was pretty efficient as well. Gary was his usual self. Precious was good off the bench. Like, but, you know, I just thought Pascal was fairly frustrated with how the game was going. You could really tell because he was, you know, at the start of the game, he was like one of eight and he missed a couple of shots in close and all that stuff. But mostly it was just, you know, the contact that he normally draws and normally goes to the free throw line on, it just wasn't even coming. And it wasn't even like, okay, he's playing for the foul. But like a lot of the times he's taking the shot and he's going through it as if he's going to score because that would be a foul. Like in 90% of other games, just wasn't called a lot tonight. But I thought, again, though, you got to still keep your composure. Like the fact that he shot eight of 26 is it's just a real nasty, nasty game to watch. Um, but I, th- I think more importantly, well, that's not more importantly. That's probably equally as important as the fact that the Raptors were just so comically bad in transition. Like we're talking about after the Raptors would make shots or they would get to the free throw line they would then come back and not play transition defense. And the Warriors obviously are a really good team at moving the ball. Very high IQ squad. Um, They look fantastic in two games against the Raptors. You know, we've seen them have lots of down games. Like they're only one game more 500 for a reason. They're very inconsistent. Um, But clearly they really know how to move the ball. And they, then they kept pushing the pace and um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it, you could say that they were very effective just based on that alone, but some of those looks are just so easy, man. The, like, the Raptors gave up 10 layups in the first quarter alone, 10 layups to the Golden State Warriors. And, like, nine of them were, like, very open or, like, even if they were contested, the contest came late and it didn't affect their shot at all. So, you know, originally the Raptors started this game on the wrong foot just because of the fact that uh, they weren't... Um, you know, they just literally kept getting kept kept getting back cut. Like there was there was three straight possessions where after you get back cut, which would be normally like the worst part of your game defensively, except for the fact that the Raptors also had a stretch in the third quarter where the Raptors scored on three straight trips, and each time the Warriors came back and scored against the Raptors in transition off of makes. And some of those were like layups, some of those were fouls, some of those were like wide open, you know, threes. It's just. Again, I just don't know where the, the their heads were in this game. Like, it, it, it felt very much like, you know, it, it, they were just sputtering out of control the entire time. And that's not to say that there weren't some positives. I'm sure that, you know, you could look at certain individuals and, and they played their games well. Like, I thought Fred played 
a, a really nice game in terms of his offensive generation. You know, it's it's. Uh, I know the Warriors have been playing boxing one a lot more, not just this season but last year as well. Um, but it is really kind of funny to see the the game come full circle, and um, you know, from Fred VanVleet being the one in a boxing one against the Warriors in 2019 in the finals, to now the Warriors throwing a boxing one at Fred and actually getting him to turn the ball over quite a bit in this game. Five for Fred is what he would normally do in two weeks, not what he would do in one game. Um, but, you know, they kind of had to. They kind of had to box him on Fred because he was clearly the Raptors' best offensive engine, him or Scotty. And, and, and Scotty didn't even have the ball enough to really, truly, you know, run the show in that way. So, you know, there, there were positives, to be clear. Um, and I, I am encouraged by certain aspects. But to me, I'm just like, look, I, I don't like watching games with no defense. And it's not like to say the Raptors didn't try hard. They just kind of lost their heads. They were just running around. Guys were like obviously very concerned about the Warriors, you know, uh, shooters curling, up, you know, off of uh, pin downs and stuff like that. And and their off ball movement is good, but you know, like you just got to be able to communicate your switches. Like it, it's so, so many times the Raptors will have like five guys out there who all have, you know, similar defensive profiles, right? Like for example, when the Raptors went to the bench, it was like OG Scotty, Wancho. Um, Precious and, uh, and and Boucher, you should be able to switch everything there. And if you do communicate your switches, you switch everything, you have a much better time not just getting out to shooters, not just you know defending screens, but also not allowing back cuts. But the Raptors just continuously bled points on that front. And you know early on, the Warriors weren't making their threes, so you definitely felt like, okay, well, when they start making threes, because you know they're literally like the you know the shooting team, the greatest shooting team ever. Um, you know, just in terms of the last decade here, they're going to make shots uh, eventually. Um, you know, you did feel like that game was sort of like always teetering away. And and especially because the Raptors could have built a bigger league because it's not like the Warriors defense was that great, but the Raptors just weren't able to capitalize around the basket. The Raptors had a shocking number of misses around the hoop. So when you combine the fact that the Raptors literally missing layups and stuff around the basket, some of that is also because the referees weren't calling anything, um, which I'm sure frustrated the team. I know it frustrated the team. But when you combine missed layups on one front and then just the Warriors getting out in transition each and every single time down the floor, made for a really scary recipe. Now, the Raptors were going to eventually make more shots around the basket. And I thought second half, they did a better job of that. Certain guys still struggle with that physicality down low. Chris Boucher, for example, shot two of nine. Obviously, Pascal, 8 of 26 is not good, but he did make a couple more shots in the second half in terms of drives to the rim. Overall, game still hugely inefficient. Um, but, you know, that portion was coming out for the Raptors. But the thing is, you can eventually start making your twos. The Warriors are going to eventually make their threes. And, of course, you got Clay going off with his threes. You got Steph Curry with a late three that was just, just a dagger, uh, as he is known to do, and then prance around. But really what killed you was Jonathan Kaminga, of all people, Coming off um, the bench for the Warriors and nailing four straight threes. Now, in in, in um, Kaminga's credit, the Raptors were leaving him open because they were trying to help against Steph Curry pick and roll at the top of the floor. And the Warriors do do a great job of moving the ball around. But listen, most teams in the NBA keep Kaminga open. And I think he, coming into this game, the stat was that he had made only 19 threes all season. And for him to make four straight threes... Three, a two from the left, a two from the right corner, one from the left corner, and one from the top of the floor that was even contested. I mean, wow, just, just that's just such a you know backbreaker. Uh, and that turn from a game where the Raptors were you know still hanging tight, still trading baskets, to the Warriors taking the advantage uh, into the fourth quarter, and then that's where you knew it's like okay, 
you know, are you really going to win a clutch game against the Warriors? I know the Warriors have, you know, have, have let a, quite a few results slip as well. You know, talk to uh, Andy Liu of the Light Years podcast, um, you know, about it on the show on Friday. Um, so you can listen to that. Always a great time um, talking to Andy uh, about his team. Um, but seriously, the, the Warriors have not necessarily closed out games in the way you would think that they would. But at the same time, like, you know that the Raptors are going to do it. And the way they started the fourth quarter, like, it, it, it was just more chaos. Like, at, at the start of the game, I was like, okay, I'm taking notes. I'm seeing what's sort of going on. Who called the first timeout? The Warriors called the first timeout after the Raptors led 16-8. to eight And, you know, you know, uh, got, taking notes on sort of which, uh, which plays were made. And, you know, Fred getting threes off pull-ups against dropped coverage, you know, from Looney or Fred chasing stuff around for a contested three. And then Scotty running the rebound and dribbling it up for and one finish around Looney. Like, I'm taking notes. Right. And, and as the game went on and it became so, so sloppy by the fourth quarter, I stopped taking notes on what was actually happening in the game and just simply took note of just some silly, silly plays that the Raptors were making. So I'm going to read some of those to you right now. Start the fourth quarter. Um, the Raptors get a steal because uh, the Warriors are turnover prone and they're they're pushing the ball up. Precious hits it ahead to Scotty, who's dribbling, doesn't really have a handle on the ball. And I don't know how to describe this in any other way, but it kind of looked like he essentially he had two hands cupping the ball behind his back under his 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 hips, almost like he's like collecting, you know, like he's he's I, I, I've never seen a play like that. Right. And, and he put two hands on the ball behind his back, trying to just collect the dribble. And then it slipped out of his hands. So that's that 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 is a travel at that point. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know, just just mishandling the play. Then and then Chris Boucher is open under the basket. The Warriors put some physicality on him. It completely neutralizes him. The ball falls to the ground. In a crowd, um, Chris literally uses his legs to, like, sandwich the ball in the way that you would see in soccer where, like, you know, sometimes when you go for the slide tackle and the ball's still there, you wedge it between your legs. Now, of course, that's legal in soccer when the goal of the game is to play with your legs. But in basketball, that is a kickball, and that is a turnover. So another really strange play in short succession. Uh, then you got a play where Gary makes an aggressive drive, tries to draw the foul, doesn't get it, and like almost hurts himself landing, which would have been the second Raptor to get hurt um, on, on a similar play. So that was a scary play, but ultimately just it just looks strange. Like Gary was sort of holding the ball, serving it up as if he's like a waiter walking the ball up. And he runs into the crowd, collapses, and yeah, just nasty. Uh, another nasty play. Then you got a Precious Achua who is on the fast break, and the ball starts to, you know, get higher and higher each time he dribbles it. And to, towards the last dribble, uh, Precious was trying to rein it in. And instead of, like, corralling the dribble, he tapped the ball forward, and it slipped out of bounds. Uh, again, just completely unforced errors. Um you know, then you had a play where the Raptors force a turnover. The ball is loose, but it's going straight to Precious. And instead of picking it up, he accidentally kicks it out of bounds. <laughs> and then, of course, you had um, uh, a play that was just an absolute backbreaker. Um, after the Warriors had made their run and they're they're starting to pull away there, they're, they're up two, three possessions. You know, Scotty's just trying to operate at the top of the floor. Pascal's supposed to receive the pass on the other side. And either... You know, Pascal wasn't looking or Scotty didn't see if Pascal was ready and all that stuff. But he literally just threw the pass out of bounds. Uh, and the two guys just kind of like look at each other like, what are we doing? Right. And 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 these are my notes for the fourth quarter. It's not necessarily that, OK, Fred made a big three here or he made a drive here or all this other stuff. Or Steph made this ridiculous play here or, 
you know, some, you know, Dante DiVincenzo's defense was very great. Like, towards the fourth quarter, it was just pure comedy. Like, it, it just was such a nasty game to watch in terms of just how sloppy it was. And, again, like, you just needed to see more composure from your lead guys. Like, obviously, the Warriors are going to play fast, but the Raptors kind of just played, like, like their heads were chopped off. And and some of these guys, too, I, I am disappointed because, obviously, I don't know if you've heard this, but the Raptors have famously played Golden State once in the uh, the highest stakes that there are in professional basketball. And what got the Raptors through that series was not how they scored offensively. It wasn't like Kawhi was torching these guys up. Maybe for a stretch in, the, in game five, that's about it. You know, for the most part, the Raptors were able to win that series and win that championship because of the defense. Now, I understand that literally all but two of their rotation players are gone from that playoffs, but I still do want to see more composure from some of the top guys. Like, you do want to see Fred and Pascal, you know, know where they, each other are on defense and, and, and help out with the rest of the guys. And, and of course, like, yes, okay, the game's going to be physical. How do we adapt to that and be able to score around it and play calm rather than playing frustrated? Because it kind of throws the whole balance of the team out of whack. And I'm not saying that it's just the losses on them. I mean, it's definitely not on Fred. Fred was awesome. Um, but, you know, you, you just never sensed any f- feeling of control. And, of course, in a chaotic style of game, that's where the Warriors feast. That's where Clay Thompson breaks free for six threes. That's where Steph Curry starts to do his prancing thing. And he had 35 points, 11 assists. I mean, he's just so good. We all know that, right? Um and of course, that's where Draymond's even able to impact the game with sort of his his sort of physicality in the lane, and he was quietly a very good um, performance from him tonight too. But man, it's it just it's a tough one. It's it's a tough one even to analyze, just because so much of it was just sort of back and forth. And of course, the Warriors, you know, they they were very clever. Um, they played a lot of zone in this game, not just boxing one, but you know, various styles of zones just to sort of um, you know show extra bodies in the lane against the Raptors. Uh, you know, and, and it did feel like the Raptors were one body short at certain points. And that's probably because of the fact that OJ Anobi left the game in the second quarter. Um, he made a strong drive to the basket, uh, got by his man and then went hard to the basket as he always does. And Jermichael Green was there able to rotate over at the basket. Um, you know, and, and it was, a, it was, a, it was a foul. Like it was, it was a foul. It was a hard foul, but it's a, it's a clean foul in the sense that like, it's a fair f- play to challenge for it's regular play and it it just so happened that uh he took down og quite hard and og landed on his left wrist and it was a scary moment he was down on the floor for a while he was kind of like the rest of his body was moving but he just kept like tapping over his left arm seeing as if there was like no response or anything and it was really scary nick nurse had to take a timeout just to give og a little bit more time to sort of like you know breathe and recover and see maybe if he can play through it Coming out of that timeout, OG shot the free throws, uh, made one of two, but, uh, you know, Wancho immediately takes the foul so that OG can get out of the game. And then he left down the tunnel with Alec McKechnie. And, yeah, he wasn't able to return. And that's not a surprise. That was a super, super hard foul. And it wasn't like OG was playing, like, a sensational game before that. Um, But I think that it really did throw the Raptors' rotations for a loop because I don't think the Raptors had plans of playing – Thad Young, 10 minutes off the bench tonight. I don't think they had that many plans uh, of of um, of playing Wancho that much either, to be honest. And, and you know, it, it, as a downstream effect, you do have to then extend the minutes for a guy like Scotty, extend the minutes for a guy like Pascal, um, a guy like Precious as well. I think Precious was definitely the one who picked up most of the slack because Precious started the second half in place of OG. 
Um, but for a while there, it did seem like the Raptors, you know, just were uh, really confused in terms of the rotations, um, you know, in terms of who Nick was going to use because of the injury mid game to a guy in OG who you would have played 35 minutes in this game minimum. Um, but yeah, he's out. You just got to really see what the prognosis is there. The, the x-rays were negative for breaks. So that's a positive, but you never know. I mean, it's it's a wrist injury. He fell so hard on it to the point where it's just like, and, and OG's a heavy guy. Like, so you know, you got to think about just the sheer impact of that style of fall. And, um, you know, you just got to really hope that he's going to be okay. But uh, you you really do doubt that he's going to be able to play against Portland after uh, a play like that. Um, Luckily, it's to his uh, non-shooting hand. But, I mean, still, you obviously can't play with just one hand. Um, But, yeah, I mean, as for the rest of the game, I don't know. I mean, you know, in terms of the – I liked a lot of what Precious did in this one. I, I, I think – his man was often helping off uh, to 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 guard against Pascal or to guard against Fred. I mean, and and that's natural. Like that that's just going to be how it is because those other guys command way more attention. But what I've really enjoyed watching from Precious is sort of his finishing um, and converting easier chances. Like you could say they're easy chances, but we've seen the Raptors flub a lot of these opportunities, including Precious last season. Uh, this game, Precious goes eight of twelve from the field. Um, it, that includes an O of two from three, which obviously that's going to come and go for him. We know that that's not a consistent part of his game just yet. So, but eight of ten from from two point range, uh, and all the shots are obviously within the the paint. It's pretty damn good for Precious, especially with the Warriors um, not just having a lot of size and physicality in the lane, but also the officials weren't calling much of it, so they were bumped. Like every single shot the Raptors took in the paint was like fairly bumped. You know, and so it is hard to finish through contact, right? You just look at Pascal's stat line, for example, 8 of 26. The evidence of that is he just really struggled to finish through contact tonight. And a lot of these plays that he would normally make, he just wasn't able to make. Um, but Precious has that strength of, and, and ability to sort of finish around guys, you know, was open a couple of times as well. Um, in, you know, in behind the zone, he got himself in good positions where, you know, Scotty would find him more importantly uh, or more prominently, Fred would find him a lot because Fred had the ball a lot in this game. And and yeah, it's just it's been nice watching Precious really come around. It's 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 a little tough that Chris couldn't. It's not like Chris didn't even play well. I mean, like yes, I, I wouldn't say two of nine is a good game, especially because he also shot two of five from the free throw line. But I, I thought Chris actually got himself into advantageous positions. He just couldn't finish. Like just so much like bumps and bruises around the basket, and you know even guys like Clay. Like Clay is obviously much shorter than than Chris, and much you know it doesn't have the length, but. Clay is way more built, and so he's just able to shoulder Chris out of the way, and and he's not able to finish around the basket in some of those sequences. Um, you know, it would have been great if Chris played better, but I, I think he actually got himself into good positions. He just wasn't able to handle the physicality, which isn't necessarily that much of a surprise. Um, you know, bringing in Thad Young, I mean, you know, it is what it is. He posted up DiVincenzo for a, for a, for a fake over the right shoulder, spin back to the left. Um, layup, which everyone in the building saw coming, except for Dante. Like, watch Thad's been in the league 16 years, going to his left hand. You, you maybe maybe don't fall for the, the spin to the right, but anyway, um, yeah, Wancho. I mean, you know, the the usual cameo from the actor wasn't a strong one. Um, and then yeah, I mean, you know, you you take all that into the account, and what I'm trying to say is that the Raptors struggled to find five guys who were playing great, and then all at this, on the other end, it's like forget all the playing great and executing all that kind of stuff. Like you're just straight up not going to win in a game where you're that bad in transition. Like, and it's not me trying to be negative about the game. 
Um, to be honest, I didn't have that many expectations of the game um, because of the fact that the Warriors are really, really good at home. And so, you know, this is not something that is bothering me in that sense. It's just kind of funny to watch the team struggle that badly um, in terms of, you know, defending in transition. Like, officially, the Warriors are listed here for 29 fast break points. That needs that that number is way too low. I really feel like they score like 50 of those. That's how I felt. Like some of those were like the Raptors will make a shot, they quick inbound, and then boom, they make a layup. Doesn't make any sense. Like, what's the point? Like, I see more defense on an all-star game sometimes. You know, and the Warriors, by the way, the way they move the ball, 40 assists. <laughs> 40. 40 assists. I mean, man, that's just obviously that's how they play. That's how they move the ball. They obviously have shooting as well. Um, but 40 assists, and um, yeah, I don't know how many of those were simple hit-ahead passes to a guy streaking to the rim for a layup, so yeah, it's a, it's a tough performance. Um, the Raptors got to gather themselves. They got to go to Portland tomorrow night. Um, you know, Jack mentions this in the broadcast, but yeah, they're going to have to really uh, summon their endurance because, you know, they did play hard today. Like, that's the most frustrating part is the Raptors played so hard, they just kind of ran around like chickens with their heads cut off. And ultimately, you know, they lose the game. It was very predictable in that sense. But, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's tough. Like, of course, they were in the game. Like, the Warriors themselves are not, like, the most um, – you know, they're just not as sharp as they normally are. But at the same time, like, you know, the, and you never really felt confident in the Raptors ever. Like, they wouldn't even string together three, four stops ever in this game. And so, I guess, you know, I, you know, I, I remember there was that big interview where – where Nick was asked about defensive effort and, and he, you know, he literally walked off because there was so many questions about it. Well, I mean, like, damn, why do you want us to, what do you want us to ask? Like some of these games, like this doesn't boil down to anything else, man. So yeah, it's tough. Uh, in, ter- in terms of your three stars from tonight's game, Fred's going to get the first star. Um, it was close between him and Scotty just because I thought Scotty was more efficient with his looks and had some truly spectacular defensive blocks. Um, as if there's an offensive block, but yeah, you know, Scotty was really good too, but I I think the main driver of this game was Fred. Um, he started the game really strong. I think he had like 12 in the first quarter and and just continued to, uh, to, to break down the Warriors defense. This is a game where the Warriors were even sending two, three guys at him. Um, and you know, he was still able to drive through, finish at the basket. Weird. Fred probably finished at the basket better than some of the Raptors, you know, bigs like like precious and or like like pascal and and, and chris which is just odd um but yeah he's fearless performance you know um what the the the, a lot of great driving kick looks for him as well setting guys up a dime to precious you know between the zone there so a good game for for fred i mean defensively you obviously would have wanted to see more against steph but that's a team effort kind of thing like you, you you i think he it's not like he was losing steph over and over and over again it was more like the team defense was literally never coherent and set. That's not to say that he doesn't eat some of the fact that Steph had a great game, but still, um, I, I thought Fred played well, and it's it's hard to really deny that. I mean, he's he's played really well in the last, like, I, I don't know. He, he's just back to being what Fred was last season, at least offensively. Defensively, you probably want to still want to see one or two more steps taken, but yeah, yeah, this was, uh, this was a good game from Fred. Uh, your second star is, is Scotty. He's 24 points, six rebounds, five assists, two blocks, uh, two turnovers, uh, 37 minutes. Uh, you know, my only issue with this one is just like, I wanted to see, like, I'd rather see Scotty take 26 shots in a game like this when it's that physical than, than Pascal. And of course, that's easier to say in hindsight because obviously Pascal has been way better offensively as a scorer this season. But, you know, it just, when you see these games where like the Warriors are sending like two, three guys at Pascal and they're, they're coming from different directions and they're bumping him and, 
all that stuff. Like you could see a lot of him like being like a and, and throwing the, the shot up and, and floating and all this other stuff. And the calls were inconsistent. Let's just say like sometimes you watch that versus you watch Scotty, who's just like so strong and he just goes up and it's more um, maybe mechanical in a way, or maybe it's just more straightforward. But it, it it's it gets the job done. The guys bounce off of Scotty in the way that uh, Pascal bounces off of like Draymond or, or or Looney or whoever, right? So it was refreshing to watch Scotty just finish his plays. Obviously, knocking down two threes is nice too. That's a that's a bonus part of his game right now. But it's good to see him take those. Uh, nice driving kick from Fred to set up Scotty in the corner as well. Uh, five free throws in this game for Scotty probably equates to like a ten free throw game in any other performance. Um, but, uh, yeah, some, some great chase down blocks as well. He had a play where he faked the charge against Looney cause he was the third defender on the play. The Raptors had blitz Fred, uh, or blitz, uh, Steph, Steph threw the, the pass over the top to Looney rolling down the rim and, um, Scotty rotated over, did the fake charge. Looney did stop and look to pass instead. So, you know, the fake charge did work once, um, you know, I, I, it does sort of still confound me as to why that play exists. I am being told that it's a it's a bit of a meme thing that people do in 2K. I mean, I suppose that's, that's a possible way to sort of use it, but um, it did work in this case. And then what was great was that after uh, the play was kicked out because the Warriors never stopped moving, they keep the ball moving, uh, Steph drove the middle of the lane and Scotty came over with a chase down block from behind and stopped and, and pinned the shot against the glass is a beautiful play. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, my only issue was I just wanted to see more of Scotty. Like, I really did want to see more of the offense run through him tonight. Uh, I thought, obviously, he was the only guy among the, 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 the you know, Fred, Pascal. Um, they, were, they were always seeing double teams. I, I would have wanted to see more of Scotty attacking, you know, because he had the single coverage a, a lot of times. But still, good performance from him. And then your third side is going to Precious. Um, yeah, 17 points, 8 of 12 shooting, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal. He's been he's been great. He's been a revelation. And, um, you know, if, if OG misses more time, Precious will slide into the starting group. And, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, uh, he, he's just he's just a big piece of this team. Like, And, and to me, he is clearly... Um, He's cl- he's clearly back to where he was at the end of last season, and he's continuing that. And um, it's been good. It's been good, especially to see the finishing around the basket too. There's there's more of a game plan for him to finish at the basket now instead of him charging in, um, which was sort of the first impression he made as a Raptor at the start of last season. But you know, I think he's really grown to become a fan favorite. And why not? He plays super hard. Um, you know, and he's 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 good defensively, and uh, you know, he's starting to be pretty good offensively as well as a finisher so those are your three stars uh fred scotty precious your gerald henderson award winner me I, i'm really tempted to give this to kaminga because obviously he did hit those four straight threes which is a huge part but i'm gonna give it to dante divincenzo um this is the second game in a row where he's been just an absolute um spark plug for the warriors in the win over the raptors i thought he played awesome in the last win over toronto as well he does the same thing here 12 points 11 assists uh two steals Picked Fred's pocket a couple of times, all for, for layups going the other way, which is rare. Fred is one of the most turnover-prone guards in the league. Takes care of the ball. Dante was really up into him. Uh, a lot of physicality, a lot of, you know, arm bars and all that other stuff and just, like, hand-checking and all this other stuff. Like, you know, that's that's what the officials were allowing. And, and to be honest, the Raptors usually thrive in those kind of defensive games where the whistle is loose, except they couldn't, you know, 
find the Warriors tonight with how good they moved the ball. But Dante was excellent, man. On both ends of the floor, I thought he was such a pest. Plus 24 in a game like this is is a, is a, is a, is a true sign of sort of his impact on the game. Made things really tough. And the Warriors ended up closing with him on the floor ahead of a guy like Jordan Poole, who, you know, defensively was a huge liability. And, and you know, the Raptors were able to get at Poole repeatedly. Um, so Steve Kerr made the smart move and didn't play Poole at the end and played DiVincenzo instead. The Warriors probably would have closed it out either way, but DiVincenzo was awesome. So that does it for the Reaction Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Obviously, another game coming up tomorrow against Portland, so check out the show then. But uh, in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, stay up again to watch the Raptors, who should play a lot better against Portland. I'll, I'll say that right off the top. Like, I really do predict them to, to play way better against Portland. That, that's, a, that's a matchup that they have done much better against. Um, but, uh, yeah, this game was, was certainly one to forget. And hopefully OG's okay. Hopefully OG's okay. But the way he landed, that that did not look um, temporary.